once we understand what these pathways are, what slow genes and the fast genes, we can adopt the right lifestyle habits to modulate and regulate the speed and the expression of these genes. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. My great to us listeners, if you want to manage real estate, maybe you're ready for a lifestyle change. By selling your real estate, of course, you may have to pay substantial cap and gain taxes. One option that may help solve this is to learn about doing a 1031 tax deferred real estate exchange. Because you may be able to defer all of the capital gain taxes, and you could even exchange into a replacement property that may allow you to get rid of all of the headaches involved with being an active landlord. Ray DeWitt is a managing director with Bantanger Financial Services, and his goal is to help you understand all the rules associated with the 1031 exchanges. To learn more, visit their website at bantangerfinancial.com and browse the library of education material. Please be sure to see the disclosures and show notes. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today we have with us a health and wellness coach. I would say also a life coach, but her focus right now has been more on the wellness side, which is amazing because this is a topic of personally, I'm very interested in that topic. So I'm going to do this podcast for more selfish reasons. And hopefully all of you can extract some value out of that too. Sabrina, how are you? I'm great, Saket. Nice to see you and uh, wonderful to be here. I'm so excited. We'll have a wonderful conversation, I'm sure. We already talked for like half an hour before this conversation went live. So I'm pretty sure we can talk for another two hours if you wanted to. But we'll be careful not to use the entire time and limit it to about 30 to 40 minutes to make sure we can add value in the most packed manner. Sabrina, before we go into your whole story, I want to ask one question. When you heard the term migrate to wealth, what came to your head? Oh, well, I personally think that life is like a continuous migration, a constant transition for us to become a better version of ourselves, to find better opportunities, to grow, to thrive, right? So as soon as I got in touch with you, I really love the title of the podcast because migration means to me a constant growth, a constant journey to become a better version. And wealth to me, doesn't really mean money only, you know, for me, Mm -hmm. it's abundance. It could be abundance of love. It could be abundance of knowledge, expertise. It could be different types of wealth. We can be rich inside with so many different talents and skills. I really, really love that title that you chose for the podcast because it can really mean anything that matters and is more important to you. Thank you. That was the intention. I'm glad that it resonated very well with you. So with that note, Sabrina, what does wealth mean for you today? Again, as I mentioned like two seconds ago, wealth means to have a lot of resources that you can share with others, that you can use to grow Mm -hmm. and become a better version of yourself. You know, wealth is a synonym for me of growth. When we talk about wealth, They think about money, about capital. I'm like, well, let's expand the chart because I can be wealthy in my spirit. I can be wealthy in the the love and the relationship that I can nurture with people around me. I can be wealthy with health. I can be wealthy with happiness. You know, there are so many different terms that we can associate to wealth. And so for me now, it's being able to 
share the wealth of knowledge that I have mm-hmm. and I have collected over these years with my clients so that I can change and transform themselves. I feel wealthy and I want to help them. It's such a shame if you have an expertise or knowledge and you don't share it with others, right? Yeah. You are not able to utilize it to the best advantage. Right. I love that. I can see it in your voice. I can see that in your face. I know people are now, not everyone's going to be tuning in the video. Your body, your eyes are speaking that language. So I love that. Now, let's actually take several steps back. Let's go back to when you were launching yourself in your career, 18, 90, 20-year-old self, right? Somewhere around that age. And you were launching yourself. What did wealth mean to you at that time? I don't even remember. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I was probably looking for something to make me famous. When I started right after school, I worked in television, actually. Mm. And so there was completely different. And my dream at the time was to become an actress, you know, nice. who was very, Love that. you know, completely different. And so I worked in Italy. That's where I was born and lived there until the 90s. And so my efforts were towards that type of career. And at the time, I am sure associated wealth with money because that was the only thing that I could really measure and, you know, count, right? So I think that was my mindset at the time. And, you know, 20 years old, you're so young. I didn't really know what to expect from life. I was so happy and carefree and I was like living my life every day. Let's take a few steps forward, right? So from where you started, where most people start, and where you are today, the gap is completely different. It's a perspective, huge perspective shift between the two worlds. Let's talk about the migration from who you were in your 20s to whoever you are today, right? And you were saying you were full of energy, you were happy, you had a very different way of looking. So what changed? Did you become unhappy? Did something happen to you that kind of shifted that perspective? What happened? Great question. So before becoming a coach, in between, so between my career in television as a TV announcer and mm-hmm. now, I was an event and wedding designer and planner. So again, something completely different. And that came because when I was working in television, I could see all of these engineers and architects and interior designers transform sets like four huge walls into beautiful studios. And it was such an amazing experience. And I was like, this is what I want to do in my life. I want to transform Mm -hmm. things. I want to think of a vision and make it come to life. And since I didn't have any knowledge about like interior design or architecture or anything, I couldn't see myself doing anything in that area. However, I started to plan events for one of the producers at the mm. TV station. It was She had a beautiful villa outside Milan, Milan. She was entertaining a lot. And so she started asking, can you help me with the planning? And I was like, yeah, why not? And so we started working together. She was entertaining and having parties like every weekend. And I was her event planner. And I really loved it because every week it was like, okay, what theme can we have for the party? What can we do for our guests? How can we impress them? How can we entertain them? How can they be happy and have a lot of fun? And so it was always about, we have a vision and we make it happen. 
Mm. Then I, well, this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life, right? Nice. And so that was the beginning of my event planning career. Her daughter got married. I went into wedding planning and I loved it. And when my husband and I moved to the States in the early 90s, that's what I continued to do. And so I loved my job, you know, creating memorable celebrations for wonderful clients. But I was working like crazy. There was never a dull moment in my life because yeah. basically I was prioritizing my job. I was prioritizing my clients and I was completely ignoring myself and my right. needs. And the job of an event planner can become a seven days a week thing if you're not able to set boundaries because you work during the week to plan the event and then you manage the event on site during the weekend. So it's basically Monday through Sunday, right? Right. And between 2010, 2011, things started to change. I remember feeling overwhelmed about everything. The job that I loved so much was not giving me the same satisfaction anymore. I didn't enjoy working with my clients anymore. I didn't feel creative or inspired anymore. And that was a tragedy. I mean, an event planner without any creativity, you know, yeah. it's crazy. I was constantly stressed out. Multitasking was my best friend. And I was sleep deprived, trying to fit everything in my 24 hours. And then I started to develop, thankfully, minor uh, health issues. And so I started seeing doctors and I was stressed and anxious because things were not working in the way I wanted to go. But nothing came up. I mean, medical tests detected nothing. Everything was perfect. They were like, you're healthy. You don't have to worry. And I was like, no, something is wrong here. And you know, when you have this thought, you know, in your mind that yeah. keeps bothering you, right? So I decided to start my own research. And this research led me to many discoveries. And this was a pivotal moment, I believe, for my migration because I started to learn about the body and mind connection, how the body and brain are a tightly connected system, how they need care in order right. to give us outstanding results, right? So I was experiencing burnout without even knowing that. I was clueless at the time. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, in our society, especially here in the United States, we focus on doing, doing, doing all the time. Correct. And rarely on just being, which is what our bodies and brains need and crave to recharge and perform optimally and support us. And so mm -hmm. with this information in my hands, I started to change my habits. I created a toolbox with effective strategies. I was able to heal completely, to regain my energy, my positivity, my happiness. And I became even more successful and profitable with my event planning company because I was fully mm. present. I was focused. So, Sabrina, you know? let's actually go back in yeah. the time, if that's okay. Yeah. When you tell yeah. me, I always tell my guests, like, if it's too uncomfortable, we can always shift the question differently. Yeah, so let's yeah. go back to the time in 2010-ish time frame when you were saying you hit that proverbial rock bottom in your health, right? Kind of like you were not mm -hmm. feeling inspired. What was going on at that time that caused it? What triggered it? Is it the GFC, the global financial crisis? Was it people around you losing jobs? What was causing that? What do you think triggered that? Yeah, it was because I was obsessed with my job. I really loved working. I mm. really loved working with clients. And I really loved creating, as I said, 
visions. So I was obsessed with my event planning job. My body couldn't up with it. There mm. was a huge mismatch. Right. I had a lot of work, a lot of work, but my body couldn't stay up with that. You know, yeah. and one day I think it started to say, you know what? I'm quitting. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about what you say. I'm leaving you because you're abusing me. That was the exact feeling that I had. So you what know? was going through your you're mind not- when your body kind of, for the lack of better term, gave up on you? That you're not going to listen to mm-hmm. me, so I'm going to make my own decisions. What was going through your head at that time? Because yeah, here I'm you have created such a great business which you love, and then you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in it. And now you're realizing that, of course, there's a fleeting thought that I may not make it. In terms of I may not make it in the business, not necessarily in your health, that this, my baby, would no longer survive, which is your business at that time, because you're not able to give it everything that you have. You mentioned that you were losing the connection with the business. You were not feeling creative. You were not really there anymore. You were just there physically. And that also not in the best physical shape. So what was going through it? Was there a fear? Was there... The reason I'm asking this question is because something pushed you. The pain of not doing something was much greater than pain of status quo. So what was that pain? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Yeah, it was a great fear because I had a lot of weddings lined up and I knew, I felt I was not able to achieve them, to make them. And so I was thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to tell my clients? How can I leave my client and tell them I have to take a break? That was something that I would have never done for them, right? So I'm a very committed person. When I say yes to something, it has to happen. And so thinking that all these events on the calendar might not be happening because I was not there really stressing, stressed me out. And so what did I do? I tried to ignore the signals that I have from my body and try to push myself and go yeah. on and trying to do that. But the mind was always reminding me, hey, there's something going on here. You have to pay attention. You know, like the red light on your engine, yeah. you know, in the car. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, yeah, not tonight, not today, not tomorrow. I don't have the time right. for that until body said, no, you have to have the time now. Wow. And so when I, I read it. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going down the wrong road here. I'm taking the wrong direction. And so if I want to get back to how I felt, I need to stop and do something. So I had to do like a U-turn in the back. Some of that could be the physical move from Italy to the U.S. because the way you mentioned that, we are a go-go society, right? I mean, U.S. is known for that. I grew up in India. It's a very different culture. You grew up in Italy, very different culture. There is a feeling that we're, we love working like dogs because we also see a financial reward. We're working for the wrong motivation, but the harder you work here and the more you can put in, the more you'll get out of it. That's at least the perceived notion. Do you think that had to play a role in it? And if you were staying in Italy, that you may not have hit that rock bottom, so that's to say? Yeah, you can see me. I'm nodding my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because... Completely agree. And I think that contributed to this burnout. Absolutely. Italy has a completely different culture. And here it's very competitive. And my field was very competitive at the time. I live in San Diego, California, which is a heaven for weddings. And so I was working mostly with destination clients coming from 
the cold cities, especially yeah. in the winter, to have a beautiful wedding here. So at the time, I'm talking about the early 2010s, there were more than 350 wedding planners in town. Wow. So you had to be very good in order to make it, right? right? Because a huge competition. So that was one thing. But also on a personal level, on a physical level, nutrition is so different. Mm. And so that also impacted my well-being. Because here, the food you eat in the United States is completely different from the foods you eat in Italy. Correct. There are a lot of people Correct. who go to Italy and they are maybe sensitive to gluten or dairy and they eat pizza, they eat pasta, they eat cheese without any problems in Italy. Mm. How is that? So it's, you know, the growing crops and making cheese that is so different. Here in the U.S., they use a lot of fillers and different processes right. that definitely <clears throat> One of the big things that I work with with my clients is the connection between brain and gut. I don't know if we have like six hours to talk about that. <laughs> but we'll, it's we'll a make huge, six hours. We'll get you on a different platform right? to go deeper into yeah, it. Different episodes. But there's a tight connection between the gut, which is the digestive system, and the brain. So whatever you yeah. eat can influence your mood, can influence your stress response, can influence mm. your cognitive function. And that was definitely part of the picture for me. And it's definitely part of the picture for many of my clients. That's why we work on nutrition as one of the first steps. I firmly believe in that because I got a lot yeah. sicker in the US mm -hmm. than I was in India. I initially thought it was aging. It's not aging because I have friends in India who, age, who are aging pretty well. So it can't just be that. There was a lot more to it. I think it's our addiction to success. It's our addiction to win the game. Whatever the game is, it could be money, it could not be money, right? Without delving too deep and making it too personal for you, give us the framework that you found out in your research and how you help your clients, especially on the wellness journey, right? I have tons of personal questions. We're going to keep asking them until we hit the time here because I told the listeners that I'm going to make it a very selfish podcast because it's rare that I have someone like you on the podcast. I love it. Yes. The holistic component is about seeing a client as an individual as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. So the way we do is by working on different areas. So I have this system that I created and it's in my signature program <laughs> called Life Work Balance, where life comes first. Mm -hmm. You are the priority. You work on you before moving to your business goals, because once yeah. you optimize yourself, you can achieve anything you want. Right? So your body and mind become your best tools available. Don't worry about all the strategies that you can find. Those are great. But unless you don't work with your body and mind, you can use many strategies, but they will not work seamlessly yeah. unless you have your body and mind aligned. Right? Yeah. And so I use a, a six-pillar framework called Harmony Compass. And the system equips them with ways to improve their lifestyle habits. And as they work on multiple areas or multiple pillars and create goals in multiple areas, they can amplify the benefits and growth. So they can improve their wellness, their productivity, their performance in life and at work. So the six pillars are nourish for nutrition and hydration, mm -hmm. move for movement and exercise, rest for sleep and night relaxation, reframe. And that encompasses stress, anxiety, and burnout, care for self-care and social connections, and plan 
for planning and prioritizing. Can we go over one more time, Sabrina? Yeah, absolutely. So we have nourish for nutrition and hydration. The second is move for movement and exercise. Rest for sleep and relaxation. Reframe for stress, anxiety, and burnout. Care for self-care and social connections. And plan for planning and prioritizing. Love it. I think most people do it the reverse way. They plan. They have no idea what to plan for, but they're going to plan. I love that. Let me just reflect on that for a second. I think what you're talking about is your food. And nourish is not just about food. Nourish is about what you put in your head, what you put in your body, what you put in your every aspect of you, right? Your relationships, nourish is much bigger than food, I'm assuming. Absolutely. You know, food is our main source of fuel and energy, right? But it's also information for our genes. And that's why I work with my clients to let them understand that we have more than, okay, you eat leafy green vegetables because they're good for you. But let's take a look. Why are they good for you? Right? Because mm-hmm. they can impact your gene expression. And they're like, what, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? And yeah. so the big modalities that I use in my practice is epigenetics, which is a, a relatively new field that studies mm-hmm. the influence of lifestyle choices, the environment around us, and even our mm-hmm. thoughts origin expression. And so our behaviors, the environment around us play a key role. And that includes diet, exercise, stress, sleep, toxins, or pollution, right? So what we choose to do every day or where we live or who we interact with, and we go back to your question, why do you think living in the US impacted that? Mm-hmm. Definitely, right? Can impact the way our genes turn on or off. Now, it doesn't change your genes. A lot of people are a little confused. It is not genetics. You are born with a set of genes, and those will be with you for the rest of your life. But being able to live in a certain way help you change how those genes express and give information to proteins to promote health or disease. Let's talk about one thing. So epigenetics is whatever is happening in your outside world including food, how is that affecting your gene expression, right? From what you mentioned, from what I could gather. Now, gene expression, by definition, is really how your genes are expressing themselves in a positive manner or a negative manner. Why do we have genes that can express in a negative manner? What's the reason? Yeah, exactly. So again, as I said before, we are born with a set of genes. That's your blueprint, color of air, skin color, whatever. But there are some genes that can be regulated with your lifestyle habits. And so depending on what you do, you Uh can really put health or disease in your body because there are certain lifestyle choices. So let's take food that can impact that expression. So those genes can become slower or faster and change the instructions that they give to proteins inside our body. Proteins have certain duties, right? Certain tasks to do. So those can be changed. So are we saying that lettuce will behave differently in my body than your body, potentially? Lettuce has great antioxidants, has great polyphenols, right? Because it's all all the compounds of the vegetable. So lettuce usually does a great amount of beautiful work in your body, no matter what. 
right? But if you eat like bacon all the time, it has a lot of free radicals, a lot of different compounds that can impact in a negative way the expression of the gene. So let's talk about bacon for a second. And, I'm a vegetarian. I don't do bacon, but let's use bacon yeah. as an example. Yeah. Is bacon, because lettuce may be a wrong example, but bacon, would it behave differently in you than me, depending upon what our gene expressions are? Could it? Yes, because each of us has different gene variations. And that's what we usually find out with a DNA testing. A lot of people think, oh, DNA testing sounds scary because I don't want to know how I am going to die. But that is done in a medical setting. What I do with my clients is a DNA test that helps them understand where the variations are and what lifestyle choices they should have in order to promote health, in order to extend their lifespan and yeah. also improve their health span. You know, not only live longer, but live well until they're old, right? And so we take a look at different variations that are called SNPs or SNP. That is the term for the variation. And so once we understand what these pathways are, what mm -hmm. the slow genes and the fast genes are, we can adopt the right lifestyle habits to modulate and regulate the speed and the expression of these genes. I can give you an example. I can tell you what I discovered years ago with DNA testing that was very helpful for me. So I have some genetic variations that are pretty common. And one of these pathways, so it's a group of genes that makes me slower than average to adapt to stressors. So basically these genes have a hard time to metabolize or get rid of adrenaline and other stress hormones. Mm -hmm. As well as I also have another gene variation that makes me experience digestive issues because of the stress. So basically they're working together. So didn't you pick you the know? perfect profession? You don't find it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> was the worst decision that I could make. <laughs> yeah. And so once I found out, everything made so much sense. And I was like, that's why my body mm. didn't love the job that I had. So now that I know, I'm very careful with my morning routine. I always incorporate strategies to help with stress management, to reduce the anxiety. And I am living like a different person right now because I know what my genes need. I know which variations are impacting my health. Let me ask a question on that specific one. Let's talk about yeah. stress. Are yeah. there people that exist, and I don't know if you have it in the client or maybe you read somewhere, where stress works in a positive? So stress can be amazing for us. Stress is good for us up to a certain point <clears throat> because stress motivates us. Mm. It helps us grow. It helps us take better decisions. It helps us with problem solving, right? right. So stress is a good way. Not a bad guy, as many people think. For instance, when we work out, when we exercise, we put stress in our muscles. Right. And that the good stress that helps them grow. The key, however, is that we have to give our body the time to recover from that stress mm -hmm. so that it can adapt and grow. Otherwise, that stress becomes negative stress or distress. That's the technical and so distress is the bad one. That's the one that impacts the genes and it can cause health issues in the long run, 
heart attack, cardiovascular disease is connected to stress, despite many people thinking, no, it's... When you say that your body or your genes were reacting differently to stressors, I can't remember the exact term you use, but that's how I understand it, that you don't adapt to stressors that easily. Isn't that true for yeah. most people that most people don't? And we all believe that we can, especially when we're in 20 year old, that we can handle any amount of stress. But as we start getting older, I think most people don't like that. So I'm trying to wrap my brain around a role of epigenetics in trying for you to discover that behavior in the pattern when that behavior and pattern is pretty apparent in most people that most people eventually stress runs you out. So was it more your genetics or was it more your gene or was it you needed a data to prove to you that stress is not good for you? What was that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, epigenetics helps you understand how you function down to a cellular level, right? And so you can adopt a different lifestyle habits because a lot of people don't really know what's going on in that. So for me, definitely, it was an eye-opening experience and it helped me become more mindful, more aware of my limitations at this point because those genes prevent me from getting rid of the excitatory neurotransmitters. That's what it Mm. is. So when I get excited, even if I'm happy and excited, those hormones and neurotransmitters stay in my system for longer. So Mm. if I go to sleep in the night, I have a hard time to fall asleep because of that. My system is still, hey, let's have a party here. (laughs) Let's Oh my God, why do I have a feeling I have that gene expression in me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for good things it can be a good thing but you know when you're stressed out you stay stressed yeah. even when the struggle is over so you need to be very uh, careful and to your point a lot of people react to stress in a different way we all have different thresholds right yeah. a person react to stress in a very bad way you might have the same stressor and say yep no big deal for me right yeah. that's part of your gene that's part of your genetics, how your genes are able to, again, express themselves and basically use, utilize those neurotransmitters that you have in yeah. your system. You have fast genes that are like, yeah, this is adrenaline. Let's get rid of it because stress is over. It doesn't need to be stressed anymore. Let's get it out of the system. Right. For me, they're like, yeah, let's do it later because mm. now we don't have the time. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, with this thinking that the genes are talking and everything. But this is gene. And it's not only stress. It's also sleep. It's also anxiety. It can be nutrition. It can be, you know, helping us understand what nutritional deficiencies there are. So maybe we have to supplement. It could be hormonal regulation. It could be fitness diet. I can customize a workout routine for my clients based on their genes because we know how he or she will react better to power, to endurance. Is cardio, is aerobics better? No, because your genes are not good with that. So you have to focus more on strength training if you want to see goals. So again, it really helps you strategize with an individual goal you know it's not like okay let's try meditation meditation is not for everyone but mm. we know what best for you let's work on your workout routine okay according to your genes you should focus on this type of fitness amazing yeah. so there's no cookie cutter strategy you know you know exactly what works for you and you waste less time yeah. right instead of trying different 
days, you know exactly where to go. You know exactly what to do. So that's why I decided to add DNA test. It's not mandatory, of course. I can I work with a lot of clients without that, but many of them are asking me to add that because it gives us more insights and we can work more deeply into their challenges and fix the problems that they have. Yeah. You know? Sabrina, why are people somebody come to someone like you? Right, kind of like let's say we'll talk about me. Right, I have. There's a lot of stress for self-induced stress, of course. There's no stress that exists. You take on the stress, right? Yeah. So now yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to resolve it, meditation, working out, and everything else. Why would I go to someone like you? Because you're not a doctor. You're not a functional practitioner. Why would I go to you, and how would you find someone like you? Yeah. My client is usually mid-age, like late 40s, something like mm-hmm. that have a very demanding job, usually small business owners or freelancers, professionals. They have a family. They try to fit everything. They are tired of this mythical work-life balance. They say, no, it doesn't exist. I'm giving up. But I know that something is missing here. I can't take time for myself. I'm stressed out. I'm constantly tired. What is going on? Right? And so they come to me and that's how we basically take a look at what they do. Again, with the holistic part, I take a look at the nutrition. What do you eat during the day? When mm-hmm. do you eat during the day? Do you eat later in the night? That might be one of the causes of your tiredness in the morning. Your system is busy digesting. It cannot repair your cells. What are you doing as far as exercise? Are you taking care of your stress? And when people tell me I'm not that stressed, it means they have a big problem <laughs> because they are ignoring yeah. it. <laughs> we take a look at the different facets of their daily life. And little by little, we adjust their lifestyle habits. Yes, I'm not a doctor, but I usually work along with a nutritionist or a dietitian if I see that their diet is a little off. And I always refer them to a functional medicine practitioner. I love that you mentioned functional because that's my usually the route that I take. Because, you know, nothing wrong with conventional Mm -hmm. medicine, but I think it's a little limited. That priority to give you medications and drugs without going to the root cause sometimes can be more harmful than good. Going back to what we were talking about, the gut-brain connection, If you have digestive issues, that might be stress, not necessarily a gut issue. And so you don't need to take gut issue medications to fix that. You have to fix your thoughts, your mind. How do you figure that out? That is it really your GI tract issue? Because somebody could have a true medical situation versus it's a mind-body connection. How do you figure that out? Well, usually, I'm saying usually, I'm not saying it's always like that. Usually digestive issue or gut issue stems from a stressful situation Mm. and so the gut gets impacted so if there's a suspicion about that i usually recommend that the client does testing it's a lot about assessing and testing so at least we know what's going on if everything is fine over there perfect so we can work on the mind you Mm -hmm. know we can take a look at your stress we can take a look at your calendar and see how we can reorganize it because maybe you're overcommitting, sure. right? You're saying yes many times and your day is a tragedy, basically. You, know? you have to reorganize your scheduling and so that you can take breaks, you can rest your body, you can rest your mind because we really need to take breaks during the day. A lot of people don't do right. that. 
I'm young, I can do that. I can go on like 10 hours a day and then work after dinner. That's not how our body works. Yeah. So again, first we assess the physical symptoms. And if the physical symptoms are not negative or not bad, then we take care of the coaching experience, the coaching journey. Got it. Well, Sabrina, as I mentioned, I can go on and on with you. I have so many questions in my head, but I'm trying to control myself not to go in a direction where it literally is going to take us six hours. So I think in the interest of time, I want to repeat the framework that you talked about and tell me if I'm saying it correctly. I think the first is nourishment. The second is movement. The third is resting, which is sleep and recovery. The fourth is refraining, which is refraining from stressful situation. The fifth is it's care. a reframe. Correct. The fifth Refrain. one is care. Take care of yourself, your self care. And the last one, which is a P for planning. So nourishment, mm-hmm. movement, resting, refrain, care, and plan. Is that the six yeah. pillars? Did I get everything right? Yes. The fourth one is reframe. So you have to reframe. Reframe and not reframe. Got it. I love that. I love that. Okay. You shift your mindset, you reframe your thoughts, you reframe your response to stress because, you know, stress will always be there. I'm not saying you have to avoid stress. No, you have to learn how to respond to it Mm -hmm. and train your body, build resilience, you know, so we need to find ways for you to adapt to those stressors and see things in a different way. I always talk about it's really your response versus a reaction. Because response is thoughtful and reaction is instinct. And your instinct is not necessarily the best way to move forward because of the amygdala that is going to basically hijack everything that you can think of. But again, I'm going to stop at that because I think I'm going to go into a direction which is going to take you six hours to answer. We're going down a rabbit hole with the stress because it's one of my favorite topics. Correct. We will do another one. We'll do another episode with that one. Sabrina, this has been great. I think we're coming towards the end of our conversation here. So I want to end, always end with two questions for my audience. The first question really is, going back, looking back to that 20-year-old self that we started with, where you had the passion, you had the zest, and you had the energy, and you had a different vision for yourself, what's one insight that you can share with that person looking back that will their migration in life much more intentional and frictionless? You know, I remember that there was something that I've always done in my whole life, comparing myself to others. Mm. That was one of the worst things that I could do because thinking now, I'm like, how could I do that? I mean, I was ruining my life, basically, just thinking about yeah. that, right? I remember I had very low confidence at the time. And I remember I would always compare myself to mm. others you know, since I was in that person is better than me. That person is more beautiful than me. She speaks yeah. better than me. She is more than me, right? <laughs> and, and so when I started to work as an event planner, I wanted to show the world that I was also capable of something. Right. And I felt I was like a competition and I was never satisfied. But now seeing now, as soon as I migrated and became a coach, I started to look inward and that helped me a lot. I discovered so many great qualities and talents and skills within me. And I found mm. my true self and my confidence also increased. So I completely, I, I see a completely different person. The, the me at 20 years old is like, I hardly recognize her. 
I stopped comparing myself to others. I stopped looking at what others do. I found my identity. I gained clarity. I know who I wanted to be. I know what I wanted to do. I know why I wanted to do that. And I feel stronger. I feel happier. I feel free. That's the word. I feel liberated, free, fulfilled, motivated to learn more, to offer better services to my clients, to be of help. You know, it's funny because it's like a competition between me, myself, and I, you know, how can I (laughs) compare to yesterday? That's (laughs) the best kind of competition. That's the best kind of competition, right? Because you're not comparing with someone else. You're comparing yourself Mm -hmm. with your yesterday's self. Just perfect. So Sabrina, last question before we uh, do a wrap here is, where do you believe humanity as a whole should migrate towards in the next decade, in the next two decades? Pick a time frame. I think we mentioned this when we were chatting before recording this episode, and I mentioned social media. And, you know, that reminds me of the fact that I've been noticing lack of respect for each other Mm -hmm. in the past few years. You know, my family taught me to have respect for anyone around me, right? No matter right. their race, color, gender, religion, political views, social status, we're all human beings. And we all deserve to, as I said, live life fully. That's my slogan, right? And so I think that social media is an amazing tool. It revolutionized our lives. It brings us closer. It gives you a voice to express your opinion. It creates mm-hmm. community. It offers support. But social media also gives voice to people who promote hate, anger, judgment, yeah. discrimination, misinformation, and they don't think about the consequences. Or maybe they do, but bottom line, they divide us. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having different opinions. That's totally fine. I accept that. It's great for a discussion, but there's always a way to express yourself. And sometimes it's not done in the right way. Yeah. The biggest concern is the younger generations that they live on social media. They're more vulnerable to this trend. And no wonder we have high rates of depression, of anxiety disorders among teenagers, right? So my hope for people and humanity is to really recognize the importance of respecting and valuing each other's mm-hmm. differences. I think we should embrace diversity as a source of strength rather than division so that we right. can work together in a more harmonious and inclusive society. And it's not so difficult. It's up to us. Yeah. So well, I know I probably sound like an old lady thinking about the no. younger generation, no, concerned, but I think this is a big, big problem. Hopefully, things will change. The new generations will really realize what's important to change. Thank you. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for sharing your heart out. Thank you for, again, giving us a lot of good insights, sharing your six-pillar approach to better your life, better your health, better your business, and everything around it. So, Sabrina, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Easiest way is by visiting my website at sabrinacadini.com. They can find more information about what I do, my programs, my blog, etc. And also on social media, I'm at Sabrina Cadini on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, the new one, Threads, anywhere. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sabrina, with that note, thank you again for an exciting and in- insightful conversation. We'll look forward to having you back on for some time. Thank you. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step 
is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.